of Pastor Taiwo Udukoya, the Senior Pastor of the Founding of Life Church. It is our prayer that the message you are about to hear will no doubt shapen your destiny in Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Amen. Today I want to go back to Jeremiah 33 verse 3. I read. It says, Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. How be it a lot of things are there for us to take if only we will call. Today I want to stress the fact that he will answer. He will answer. Yes, he will answer. He said it. He will do it. To approach him is to presuppose that he will answer. So to pray at all is to expect an answer. He will answer. When we call, he will answer. So I'm stressing the fact that he will answer. Glory be to God in the highest. You know, I remind us of the scripture that says, It's not a man that should lie, and that's not a man that should repent. If he said it, he will do it. If his mouth has spoken it, he will bring it to pass. He will answer. But what that is saying to me, particularly, is like um, it's, uh, it's talking and referring to my attitude in prayer. And what do I mean by this? If I'm coming at all to him, I should expect him to answer. Every of my approach to God should anticipate an answer. That's his character. He answers. He enjoys communications. He wants to interact with us. And he's always willing to answer us. I was meditating on this. Then I just thought to myself, suppose I wake up on a certain morning and I just walk through the house, walk past my wife, my daughter, my son, my children, I mean, my, uh, everyone around. Without a word, everybody will say there's something wrong. Some will say he probably woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Some will say, oh, is something annoying him? Why? I mean, you begin to give room for what does not exist. Why? Because, look, every relationship thrives on communication. As a matter of fact, the strength of any relationship is communication. And God enjoys communicating with you. Glory be to God in the highest. Now, I realize that for most of us, actually, inadvertently, I think we take prayers to mean so many things. So when I say it's a conversation between us and God, which is very much so. In fact, that's what I'm basing this on. It is a conversation. And many have come to take it to mean aha, a debate. I say, really? Yeah. And what's a debate? <laughs> a competitive two-way. So I'm talking and you're talking and we're looking for who will beat the other. That's not prayer. It's not hard of hearing. It's made up his mind to answer you. Some of us have taken it to mean, I think a dare tribe. You say, what's that? Competitive one way. So I'm all dominating and I'm talking and I mean, it's my opinion. And, and I, when, you, when, you, when you try to answer, I shut you down. I, I mean, come on. 
no, no. God won't shut you down. God will listen to you. And will expect you to listen to him. Glory be to God. And some, somehow, I'm mistakenly taking it to mean a discourse. Though that's cooperative as it were. But still, it's one-man domination. It's one person that is talking, so everybody must listen. You must listen. There's no room for you to say anything. But far from all this, it is just not a conversation. It's a dialogue. He will listen to you, and he will speak back to you. He will give you answers to questions. He will give you solutions to problems. God wants to answer you. It's a privilege that most of us have not enjoyed for a long time, which you can begin to enjoy. A dear man of God that I respect so much, I read a lot of his books. He said something like, I cheated myself most of my life, and I started wondering, really? With the volumes of things that he wrote, with the kind of miracles that happened in his life? And what did he mean by that? He said, I should have listened more in prayers. Wow. But you and I are here today, and we are alive. Probably going through one challenge or the other. We still have the opportunity to speak to him and to hear him. You know the result? Exploits. What that translates to is, I know him. He knows me. That's why Daniel will say, they that know their God will be strong and they will do exploits. It's in the book of the Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. It reads, Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's it. When you pray, say, Our Father, who art in heaven. And remember, he was praying in a place, and they have been observing him praying, so he was a habit. It was a lifestyle. So they came to him. They said, we like to pray like you pray. And we see John has taught his disciples, will you teach us how to pray? Then he said, when you pray, you say, our Father. So why am I reading this place? I want you to understand that one of the strength, in fact, the main strength of Christianity is the father-son relationship. And if it's a relationship, like I think Mother Teresa said, said no, prayer is not just asking. It is an interaction where I surrender my life to him, where it is hurting. He takes it, he molds it, he refers it, he fixes me right. It's always born out of a relationship. So it's the father-son relationship thing. And to further buttress that, you will find in John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things was made by him, and without him was nothing made that was made. In him was life. The life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Yes. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. And this man came for a witness, to be a witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. 
That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. Now, verse 10 is key. That's where I'm going. He said he was in the world. I'm not talking of Jesus. Who was it that was in the beginning? Who was it that was with the Father? Who was it that made all things? Jesus. In whom was life? Jesus. The light that was the light of man. The light that keeps running in darkness, darkness cannot? Jesus. So he was the same one that was in the world in verse 10. And what was made through him, though it was made through him, but the world did not know him. Verse 11. He came to his own. His own did not receive him. Now look at verse 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to become sons of God. Hallelujah. To those who believe in his name. So you begin to see that Christianity is the making of sons. Glory be to God in the highest. Of all religions on earth, it's only Christianity that sees God as a father for all other religion. He is God. We are creatures, which is true. He is master. We are slaves. But that's not so in Christianity. We were slaves, but now we are sons. Listen to what Jesus said. In the book of um, Galatians chapter 4, verse 7, Paul writing to the Galatian church says, you are no longer a slave but a son. And if a son, then you are an heir of God through Christ. So you can see that Christianity makes sons of us. So it's the father-son relationship that defines Christianity. Now, here are examples of Jesus' prayers in the Bible, at least the ones that were revealed to us. He prayed several times, but the ones that were revealed to us. You find the first one in John eleven forty-one. This was at the, the raising of Lazarus from the dead. 41 reads, Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, you get what I'm saying? Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. And then reading further down in verse 43 says, Now when he had said these things, then he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And of course, we got the dead man jumping out of the grave. Now look at that prayer. How did he pray? He said, Father. So you see, what we're saying is this. You have a privilege. Take advantage of it. I'll give you two more examples quickly. The other one is in Luke 23, 34. Now, this was Jesus on the cross. Hear what he said. Father, you see, forgive them for they do not know what they do. Another example is in Luke 23, 46. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hand I commit my spirit. Having said this, it be that is last. So you see, the examples we are given in the Bible of Jesus praying was always, Father, this, this, this. Father, this, this, this. In Christendom, in the spirit of Christianity, if you are a believer, you are a son. If you are a son, you have access. That's why you should not be wondering why he will not answer. Because he will answer. Now, remember, I want to give you another example quickly. Jesus himself was talking on prayers 
and our needs, as it were, in prayers. In Matthew 6.33, from 31 actually, Jesus, as part of the Sermon on the Mount, he said this, Therefore, do not worry. You know, we get worried about things. We get worried about our desires, about our needs, about what we lack. So he said, do not worry. Saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father. I hope somebody is getting what I'm saying. Prayer is a relationship. Or is a communication born out of a relationship. The strength of prayer is in the strength of the relationship. He will answer you. All you need to do is call, pray. All we need to do is call, pray. And that's what Jesus was making us understand. And I explained why when he comes to God, he said, I know you always hear me when I pray. He said, Father, I thank you because you always hear me when I pray. But the reason I'm looking up and talking right now is so that they will hear and they will know that you sent me. At that point, now he said, Lazarus would come out. With all confidence, it came out. Glory be to God in the highest. I hope somebody is following closely. I hope you are following closely. Glory be to God in the highest. And then, of course, in Matthew 7, I just want to show you scriptures to buttress the fact that at this time, if there's anything we're learning, let's leave this lockdown period with an understanding that we have a hotline that can never be clogged, it can never be engaged, that we cannot get through. We have a hotline that always brings answers. I mean, if that's all we acquire before we leave, and we begin to practice, I think we will achieve something with the lockdown. Glory be to God in heaven. Matthew chapter 7 by 7, Jesus again was still talking, part of the Sermon on the Mountain. He said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. He says, for everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Then he says this, Or what man is, is there among you, who if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more with your, will your heavenly Father, your Father who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? If you as a man know how to give good, good gifts to your son, how much more your heavenly Father? Please, hear me well. You have a loving Father. The Father whose love surpasses whatever love an earthly Father can have for his son, whose ears are always open, waiting to hear you call, waiting to hear you cry, and before, at, the, at, the, at the slightest sound of cry, he moves. Who himself has promised that I will answer you. The one of whom we have been told that he knows what you need even before you begin to ask him. He will answer you. So never forget, the strength of Christianity is the father-son relationship. You are a choice son of God. And he really, his ears are open to your prayers. He will answer you speedily in the name of Jesus. Still speaking of um, the relationship between the father and the son, the relationship here is covenant. When the Bible says that what Jesus has with the father is a relationship, it's a covenant relationship. And what we have with God through Jesus Christ is a covenant relationship. And what's a covenant really? 
a binding agreement between two or more people, but in this case between two people, you and God, whose plans have benefits. So God is not about to change. He will do what he will do in this agreement. He will reach out to you like your father to his son. As a matter of fact, Jesus was praying in his valediction prayer in John chapter 17, in verse 23. It reads, I in them, and you, talking to the father now, I in them, and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me, and I have loved them as you have loved me. That's why you are considered and seen from the eyes of God and of heaven as a son. You are a son in the house. Hear what Jesus said concerning this in John chapter 15 from verse 15. He says, no longer do I call you servants. For a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father have been known to you. And that's why I'm saying again to you, that in Christianity, we are not slaves, we are not servants, we are friends. And friends there is covenant friendship. If you look at the Strongs, we are covenant friends, we are covenant partners. So we are brothers. It's a relationship of two together, an unbroken relationship. That's why we are brethren. He's the firstborn. We are his brethren in the same household. That's why in Ephesians chapter 2, we are told that we are quickened together. We were made alive together, together, not separately, together with Christ. So he brought his own sonship to make us sons. As many as receive him, he's given the capacity to become like him. So you are a son in the house. You have the ears of the father. Glory be to God in the highest. He says he quickened us together. He raised us together. And we are seated together with him in the heavenly places above all principalities and powers. Glory be to God in the highest. And that's why your prayers will be answered. What are we saying? You have a right in the house. Glory be to God in the highest. Okay. Now, Ephesians 3.12 says this. Paul was writing to the Ephesian church. Still buttressing this point. Talking about Jesus. He said, in whom we have boldness. Paul was saying him. And the Ephesian Christians, if you are a child of God, you have boldness. You have access with confidence through faith. Hallelujah. You are no more slaves. Slaves shiver. You see them shaking and whimpering. But children of the family, sons in the family, don't do that. There's a measure of confidence that you find in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in Christ. Glory be to God in the highest. One more scripture, Hebrews 4. Verse 16. So the letter of Hebrew now was telling the Hebrew Christians, you are sons in the house. You don't have a high priest who cannot be touched with the face of infirmity. He has gone through what you are going through. He has suffered temptation like you in every way that you have suffering. So don't think there's anything too big or too small to involve him. He now says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne. Did you hear that? You can approach the throne of God. Hallelujah. He says that we obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. In time of need. Is this the time of need? This is not the time to begin to feel condemned. This is not the time to begin to blame yourself. It's the time to come boldly through him. 
to the throne of grace, so that we may have what? Obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us pray. He will answer. He will show us great and mighty things which we do not know. We will find help for every need in the name of Jesus. Now, if you now if you observe, everything we'll be saying is an allusion to our attitude in prayer. Now, yes, we have confidence. I'm not saying that we should come in the spirit of arrogance. As a matter of fact, Jesus says something in Matthew 6, 6. Addressing this attitude that one can become arrogant in prayers. But that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking confidence. We can be full of confidence without being prideful, without being arrogant. Hallelujah. And what I just said this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. said, but you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And what was he addressing? He had given the, the example of the publican and the Pharisee who met in church. The publican was beating his breast and was saying, I'm sorry for what I've done. Have mercy on me. And you could scarcely hear his voice. The problem was like, oh my goodness. Oh yes, I'm not like the publican. Like that publican there. I do this and I do that and I do that. Uh -uh. That wasn't confidence. That was arrogance. But what I'm saying is this. Sons are not arrogant in their father's home. Sons are not arrogant in the presence of their father. They are confident. We are confident. Paul writing to Timothy in the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 7, said, God has not given us the spirit of timidity, but of power, love, and the sound mind. We know what we have. This is the heritage of the righteous. We have the ears of God. God's ears are inclined to us. That's our confidence. He hears when we pray. And God delights in the fact that we expect him to answer. That's why the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. You want to see God pleased? Come to him knowing that he will hear you and he will answer you. Did you get me? I mean, come to him with an attitude of he will answer me. That's what pleases God. Glory be to God in the highest. What I'm saying is this. Let's start living all over again. The future is better than the past. In the name of Jesus. So you can see that the burden we don't take to him will be unnecessarily. As a matter of fact, somebody said, a burden shared is a burden halved. Psalm 55 in verse 22 says, cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you and he shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Cast your burden. But God knows, I, yes he does, but he enjoys your voice. He wants to hear your voice. He wants to dialogue with you. He wants to have a conversation with you. In fact, that reminds me of a story I read of Kenny Hagen. He was, he, I mean, he was enjoying himself with the Lord. So then the Lord, he was in a prayer meeting with some other pastors. I said, he fell into a trance. And the Lord Jesus Christ stood some about the height, the distance of the height of the house to where he was kneeling. And he said, look, let me come talk to you about the ministry of the prophet. And the revelation was something else. If you pick his book, I believe in visions, you see what I'm talking about there. He said, it was a beautiful dialogue we were into. 
And as he was going, Jesus was talking, he was talking, so all of a sudden, Jesus was just blocked away from him. A creature came between them and blocked them. He said, Jesus kept quiet. Then he waited, expecting Jesus to do something. He said, Jesus didn't do anything. He just kept quiet. And he couldn't see him anymore. And he was getting angry where he was. When he got to his stage, he said, in the name of Jesus, get out of here. He said, that thing just kind of shrimped and fell on the floor. Then he saw Jesus just smiling, looking. And I said, ah, why didn't you do anything? He said, I can't. He said, you mean, you won't? He said, no. It's not that I won't, I can't. What do you mean you can't? Again, that brings you to what we shared on Sunday. So I've given you authority. It will reduce him to, to oh, no, 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 you take authority. It wasn't coming to disturb you, it was coming to disturb you. And I said to Jesus, I said, excuse me. I can't believe you until you show me from scriptures. Because it's your word that says that after the matter of two or three, what shall be established? Jesus said, okay, you want two, you want three? I'll give you four. And he gave him four scriptures. And by one of them is that submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Hello? Is somebody hearing me? And that brings me to the next point of this covenant thing. Jesus says, if you ask anything in my name, how will I do it? You have to call, you have to say it, you have to do it. Get confident of your inheritance in the kingdom. Job 16 says, hey, if you ask the Father anything in my name, he will do it, 1623. You have confidence, you have access, you have right. Don't be intimidated by anything. You're as much a soul as I am. But how come Jesus couldn't do it? Oh, no, no, he has done it. He's finished with the devil. He's delegated his authority to us. Come on, remember, say where? Oh, Matthew 28, verse 18. The Bible says, and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. All authority has been given unto me, but you go. That's the authority. He's given it to us. Mark chapter 16 from verse 15. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Did you hear that? So there's a level of confidence that is expected of us. There's a level of anticipation and faith that is expected of us. And besides this, Paul writing to the Ephesian church in chapter 3, verse 20 says, To him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what can ever think or ask. So you see, it is now left to us to think it out and ask. 
And it's not only that he will answer or is able to give an answer or to give a solution to the problems we are bringing to him. He will always, he can surpass it. He will always surpass it. No wonder he said, I'll show you greater mind. Things you can't even think of. But you see, it all depends on your asking. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a privilege it is for us to bring all our cares and our burdens to him. Remember somebody said, the greatest or one of the most potent tools that we have as Christians is our ability to pray and know that he will answer us. Glory be to God in the highest. So please let us come. Let us pray. Let us expect an answer. All through the Bible, when the righteous call to him in earnest, he answers. He says, if you call unto me, I will answer you. In the book of 1 John, John goes writing. He says, if you ask according to my will, I will hear. And I will grant the petition to all your desires. It's just his character. Let us start praying. And start receiving. The Lord is out to take us to another level in our journey with him. He's a loving father. No one that the part of the righteous is as a shining light. And it shines brighter and brighter until the perfect day. I am sure in the name of Jesus that this coronavirus period, instead of diminishing you, will take you higher in the name of Jesus. Hear me well. You will come out thanking God even for this period. Not because of the evils we've seen, but that God sustained you and increases you rather than diminishing you during this period. All things, after all, work together for good to them who love God and who are the called according to his purpose. Please, keep your spirit high. Keep the light shining. Keep on believing. Keep on loving. In closing, Mother Teresa says something. She said, God speaks in the silence of the heart. So listening is the beginning of every prayer. Mark 11, 24 says, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive. You will have them. Begin to make listening an important aspect of prayer. Even as you're talking, you're petitioning, you're crying. He's pleased with your listening and your hearing and your anticipation of a breakthrough of an answer. It is well within the name of Jesus. He's so pleased with your listening, with your believing, with the answers coming for your petitions. You have a better tomorrow. It is well within the name of Jesus. Let's keep praying, keep receiving, keep winning. He's still on the throne. He cannot be voted out. He cannot be impeached. He reigns eternally. Ever reigning, ever listening, ever hearing, ever answering. He remains your father forever. Aren't you blessed? I am blessed. You are blessed. We give him praise in the name of Jesus. So keep praying and keep receiving answers. Send us your testimonies. We want to rejoice with you. I mean, we want to rejoice with you. God bless you. I would like to pray with you. Now, if you are sick in your body, 
I just want you to place your hand on that part of your body. But if it's not a place you can touch, just put your hand on your head. Father, I agree with this man and this woman right now in the name of Jesus. And I rebuke the spirit of infirmity in the name of Jesus. Whatever the source of the spirit, I say the blood of Jesus is against you. And I destroy your hold in Jesus' name. The Bible says, by his stripes you are healed. Receive your healing in the name of Jesus. Yes, receive your healing. Where doctors and consultants are majorly handling your issue, God will give them supernatural wisdom. You will return with testimonies in the name of Jesus. Whether you are in the hospital ward right now, whether you are in the quarantine quarters right now, or whether doctors are listening to you at home where you are, whatever your case may be, receive your healing in Jesus' name. It is well with you in Jesus' name. Again, write us. I can't wait to hear from you. I decree the peace of God over all your lives in Jesus' name. I decree the peace of God over your homes in the name of Jesus. Every tormenting spirit over your life or your home, I come against it through the blood of Jesus. I say in the name of Jesus, I break your hold. Receive your liberty, receive your freedom in Jesus' name. Again, I'm waiting for your testimony. I speak restored joy. It is well with you in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise for this in Jesus' name. We know that you have been tremendously blessed by this message. For additional information and materials from Pastor Taiwo Odukoya, please contact us at the Founding of Life Church, 12th Industrial Estate Road by PZ Industries of Town Planning Way in Lupeju, Lagos. PO Box 698, Shemolu, Lagos. Visit our website at www.tfolc.org. Thank you and God bless you.